Fahan. It's Fahan. And you're listening to the Nisa Invest Tea Talk Podcast. Hope everybody's feeling good. Ready to start your Friday. Alhamdulillah, it's Jumma today. And we're here to recreate, in podcast form, what happened last year at my local mosque sister circle, where a few of us got together and I was able to run a session on all things halal personal finance. Whether it had to do with budgeting, halal investing, pensions, we covered all of it. And at the end of the session, I was able to ask my sisters to leave me with what further questions they had so that I may cover it with you in podcast form. So thanks so much for joining me and let's get started. So the question this week asks, I would like to learn about how to pay off my student loans in my early 20s. Now, when I read this question, you know, it could have easily have been phrased by saying, look, I'm in my early 20s, where do I start? Because your early 20s is effectively meaning you're at the very beginning of uh, your uh, life as an adult. But what I love about this question is that the sisters already decided that, look, my goal is that I want to pay off my student finance. And I want to do that as fast as possible. I mean, you know, when people say, there is no such thing as a bad question doing this podcast has made me realize that asking the right question is kind of like you're already halfway there because already within this question um, this sister has figured out that it's important to have financial goals and then the second part of it besides you know the importance of having financial goals you also kind of want to have a steer uh, a helpful steer if you will on how to know that what you're doing and the approach that you're taking is not somehow harming you in any way or is there something out there else that I could be doing that will help me more and am I going about this the right way so I hope that with this episode we're going to first of all come up with a strategy for how to tackle any kind of debt um, that feels overwhelming to begin with, maybe a very large number, how is it that you can pick at it as effectively as possible and build momentum with it, inshallah, along the way. I say this, like, it's so crazy. Whenever we have graduates come in at work and especially when they are kind of feeling like, oh my gosh, I have this whole life ahead of me, it's so daunting, I almost want to look at them and say, you know what, you've just graduated university. Can we take a moment and say, wow, congratulations, well done for graduating. Whatever it is at this job that you need to figure out, you'll figure it out. It will be perfectly fine. And one of like my choice phrases that I like, I always say to, um, to new joiners at work, I'm like, okay, in six months, by Jan, if they start, they typically start in September, um, after the summer. And I'm like, don't judge yourself these next six months. By January, you'll feel like a completely different person. Um, and it almost always is the case. There's a learning curve with everything. And uh, and the reality, and I, I have like a lot of empathy for students uh, and young adults who are just starting their working life. Like we all have to appreciate that 
you know, not only are you starting a new job, you also are kind of starting a new life. You have your pension to think about, you have your student loans to think about, you are trying to figure out how to balance the necessities that you're paying for, whether you're living at home or you're uh, living in a new flat, whether you're living with others, you're kind of trying to figure out how to manage the budget and the paycheck that you're getting in getting every month without feeling like you're making the wrong decisions and you are starting this new job and you're wondering is this uh is this gonna also help me in my career and so yeah I mean the first step for me is yeah let's just take a breather uh, let's acknowledge that yes we might feel like we're at the bottom of another huge mountain but let's not forget uh the hard work that you've done in the past and if you look back and think of all the things that you didn't know hopefully that gives you uh, the confidence to tackle what's to come so I thought that was a helpful disclaimer before we get into this but let me not undermine just how much I love this question I think that is the kind of attitude that you that is helpful to have even though it can sometimes feel difficult to have the idea of just facing the student debt head-on and recognizing that, yeah, in many ways, it's a really great goal to have. But how do we get started? We need a plan. And so in this episode, I'm going to go through basically uh, three things that you need to keep in mind about how is it that you can get to the point where you're just hurling money at the student loan and trying to get rid of it. How is that we put a system in place so that we ensure that, you know, we're always moving forwards and not somehow Uh, backsliding Uh, and so the three things to bear in mind and really the three things are effectively three trade-offs the first trade-off is what to do about the pension uh, and investing more generally versus the student loans the second is are there other things I should be prioritizing mainly how much uh, cash should I be keeping and what is money that I that can go towards a student loan because of course there are emergencies and then the third trade-off is perhaps the hardest trade-off is what kind of lifestyle should I have and what is spending too much money and Uh, Once you kind of get over these three trade-offs, then uh, it means that you have a budget that works towards your financial goals. And that is what a financial plan is. It's a budget that is working towards your goals. Uh, Wow, I feel like I should put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, a financial plan is effectively having a budget that is working towards the financial goals that you currently have today. And so in this instance, we're going to talk about someone's budget whose goal is to pay off the student loans in their early 20s. So let's get started. So number one, pension or no pension. When you first uh, start working, um, if you're working for a company that has over 25 employees, your employer is automatically required to sign you up to what's called a workplace pension. Now, with a workplace pension, the minimum amount that you get opted in is 8% of your salary. Now, everyone can choose to opt out if they wish, but they've now made it, as of 2012, uh, the default position is that you're opted in. And even if you opt out every three years, your employer needs to opt you back in and you have to opt out if you want to. That is effectively just to show how much it's important to think about 
saving for retirement. Now, at the start of your career, when you do have student loans, should you be saving for retirement? Now, it might sound uncomfortable when you feel like, well, my motivation is to get rid of debt as fast as I can. Seeing a percentage of my salary go towards uh, retirement doesn't seem like it's aligned with my goals. Uh, But the reality is that when you are saving for your pension is not that straightforward in the sense that it's not as easy as just saying part of my salary could be going elsewhere because so much of the amount that you're saving for your pension is what is the only thing that I would ever call free money. And why do I say that? Is because even though the minimum that you have to save for a pension if you're opted in is 8%, your employer has to contribute at least 3% of that. So it is 5% of your pre-tax salary that's going towards your pension. But then it's worth reading your employer's uh, rules for their pension plan. And you might find that there is leeway in there, you might find that there is scope in there to make the most of what's called uh, an employer match program. And so what is an uh, employer match contribution plan? It means that if you uh, start to uh, invest a bit more into your pension, your employer is able, will say that if you do that, I will also match part of it. And why is this important is because if you, by choosing not to, you are foregoing that employer match. And on top of that, why is it that I mention the benefit of thinking about this at the start of your career is because you will never be as young as you are whenever, well, today even, right? And what does that mean? Because of the the importance that time has uh, in your investing life. Um, It allows you to grow your assets over time. It allows you to make the most of compounding returns. And the whole concept of something having exponential returns applies also to your pension. Um, There are infinite rewards that you can get by choosing to take care of your pension early on in your career that you can simply cannot catch up again uh, further into the future. And here we're not really saying to go overboard. Now, the general rule of thumb when it comes to your pension contributions is that you should simply have the um the age that you are when you start your pension and that is how much you sh- of your salary you should be aiming that the total contribution is and so if you're in your early 20s and you're 22 and starting your pension that means that the percentage we're aiming for is simply 11% and so if the minimum is eight. You just need to get an additional 3%. And with that 3%, if part of that is an employer match, you might just need to effectively click somewhere that says, I just need 1.5% extra into my pension. And there you go. You will get to your 11%. And as a young 22-year-old, you'll be able to say that because I'm starting my pension at the age of 22, Uh, and I'm putting in 
11% compared to my salary. It's not 11% of your salary, as I said. Part of that is your employer. It will just be 6.5% of your salary because it's uh, the 3% that comes from your employer, at least. The 5% that comes to you, that makes 8 and then let's say 1.5 in addition comes to you and your employer matches that completely and you get an additional 1.5. Um, that is exactly all you need to do when it comes to your pension. So you're effectively choosing to forgo 6.5% of your salary at the very start of your career so that you can hit play on your pension and knowing that even if you kept it at that amount, you don't need to adjust that percentage. And because of the fact that you started early, um, that will help you in the long run. And so the rule of thumb there was simply to have your the age that you are when you're starting your pension. So if someone was 40 years old and starting their pension, compared to you, they would have to put 20% aside somehow, right? Whether some of it comes from their employer and some of it comes from them, doesn't matter. You might be wondering, is your pension halal? It is worth uh, checking uh, when you are starting your pension, what, whether there are halal funds available and Sharia compliant funds available. And uh, if for whatever reason your employer doesn't offer them, um, there is a like um, the the government makes a pension, an employer pension scheme available for employers to use. And I know that within that, there are uh, Sharia compliant funds. Um, but you might find that your employer offers these too. And so as someone who has their goal is to really go at it at their student loan, you can feel confident knowing that your pension is taken care of by just mindfully setting it to the amount that will ensure that you are good to go. And so that is the first bit, is uh, be conscious of how much you're contributing to your pension and make sure that your pension contributions have begun. The second part of the trade-off to think about is how much money should you just be keeping in your account how much of it instead should be going towards paying down the debt because you know that if you put if you pay down the debt you know you can't get that money back it sounds intuitive counterintuitive to say but i'm just stating that for completeness so what does that mean even though that money is not yours to begin with you want to make sure that you are able to keep contributing and you have some type of system in place. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll realize that all we're trying to do is set up a system that we can maintain for the long run. Because there's like many sayings that say, you know, it's better to go slowly, that's the way you'll go far, etc. So this brings me to the second point, which is about your emergency fund. There are di differing school of thoughts on this. In my view, let's just stick to having three months of an emergency fund that until you've paid down your debt, that is exactly the amount that you have in your account. Why do I say that is because one month, you know, if you'll have to figure out first of all how much debt you have to pay off, but if you're looking at a horizon of three years, four years, let's say until you're in your mid-20s of getting rid of this debt, or, or longer than that, irrespective of that, you want to make sure that you have 
uh, an emergency fund that allows you to say, under no circumstance am I going to pause paying down my debt or working my plan because I have an emergency fund. If you start off by saying, you know what, I want to get as quickly as possible to having three months of my expenses covered and sitting in an account separate, that allows you to have the sustainable cushion uh, to be able to go at your student debt without being worried about what will happen if I have an emergency. So it doesn't really get more uh, advanced than that because having an emergency fund acts like your margin of safety to be able to feel like you're always moving forwards. And to me, I f- that is kind of the thing I like the most about having a financial plan. It, it, you don't want to you know, feel like you're backsliding. You want to feel like you're always moving forwards. It doesn't matter the speed. Honestly, the speed doesn't matter. All that matters is the direction that you're going and that it's a forward motion. And so your emergency fund allows you to, gives you the confidence to know that subhanAllah you're covered in case that an emergency arises and that doesn't really mess up uh, your student uh, loan repayment plan that you've set for yourself. And the last one is uh, the big trade-off, which is the one that you make with yourself. It's about how much are you going to be willing to spend on holidays, on restaurants, on uh, basically uh, any kind of hobby that you want to take up, all that kind of stuff. What role does that play into when compared to your student loan debt? And it might sound like extreme, but you have to pay yourself some amount of pocket money and stick to that. There are two parts to this one, actually. There is the first big trade-off that you have to make is, are you giving yourself a chance? And when I say, are you giving yourself a chance to really uh, defeat the student loan, it's kind of the two big ones. It's how much does it cost you to travel to work? And the second is how much does it actually cost for you to live? What's great about being in your early 20s and finishing as a student is that you're probably used to having very modest means uh, as a student. Are you making sure that your fixed expenses are as moderate as as you can keep them? Because even though you might think the way I'm going to manage to pay my student loans is by never eating at a restaurant, you have to take a good look at what's coming out of your account regardless of what you choose to do with your discretionary spend. And that's when your budget really comes into it. So the third trade-off is uh, really one about uh, how do you set up your budget going forwards. And as someone who is uh, paying down debt and you want to pay it down as quickly as possible uh, the normal budget of course is 50 20 30 where 50 percent not more than that should be covering your expenses that is allows you to give yourself a chance to put more towards your debt so if we're saying that a good balanced budget means that 20 percent is going towards your future and your future here includes 
paying down your debt. That's all it represents. A small sliver of that is the amount that you chose to contribute extra into your pension to make sure that at 22, you have at least 11% in total going towards your contribution between you and your employer. The rest is of that 20% is what is going towards aggressively paying down your student debt. Now, because we're talking about wanting to do that as quickly as possible, at that point, it's really up to you to switch off, switch around the levers in your budget. Meaning that if, as a, when you were a student, you lived quite modestly and there's a way for you to maintain that lifestyle, that, of course, will hopefully mean that your essential expenses will still be quite low. And it's up to you to know whether that is possible, making sure that, you know, you're not blowing your budget on things, especially fixed expenses that you then just get used to having. It's super crucial to try to um, keep an eye on that. And feeling like, whoa, my goal is to at least put 20% towards my student debt. But because I'm in this season of life where I really want to get rid of that as quickly as possible, then it's truly up to you how much of a pocket money that you give yourself every month to spend for enjoyment. Uh, it's up to you to choose how many holidays you choose to go on. And all of that will add up um, towards making your budget work. And so if you commit to an even higher amount that goes towards your student debt, you can be safe in the knowledge that that will multiply and mean that you get to paying off your student debt faster. It really just becomes um, a question of uh, taking as much emotion out of it and simply say, how fast can I get from A uh, to point B? And yeah, to me, it kind of boils down to two things, uh, even more important than just making sure that you're not uh, overspending on your lifestyle. It is a big part of that is giving yourself a chance to begin with by keeping an eye on, on those very big uh, fixed expenses. And know that if you're making a sacrifice for a longer commute, hopefully that will also translate. That's kind of like the price that you're paying uh, with your own two feet uh, to ensure that you get quicker to uh, getting rid of your student debt uh, faster. Uh, and uh, may Allah be with you with that. And so in reality, if you think about how is it that you should be approaching paying off student debt, um, what I love about uh, personal finance is that, you know, it doesn't actually change after you're done with paying off student debt in terms of how your budget functions. Instead, alhamdulillah, that will just keep going towards your future, financial future. You'll be able to put that towards building wealth. You'll be able to put that towards building a legacy, whether that's uh, um, even being more generous than you currently are. And having a budget that works towards your goals, it means that you don't have to stumble your way there. You can really go at it with a degree of certainty and confidence. And that's what I love about working a plan or working a budget, whatever the goal is, it really doesn't matter, is because there is a level of education that comes with that. I do feel that learning to save, learning to be disciplined with your money or having a plan teaches you forethought, it teaches you self-denial. Knowing that for uh, delayed gratification is one of the hardest things that human beings can do. You're effectively reinforcing that muscle for yourself, and that will 
pay dividends in the future. And so don't feel at all that uh, there isn't, you know, that's what I pray for you, that you feel like you're getting so many more blessings than just the fact that, uh, alhamdulillah, you're paying off the debt, which uh, went towards your hard-earned education. And hopefully you feel like there is there will be many more rewards that come from it um, and that it will in no way uh, hinder your financial future, uh, inshallah. That was all for this episode. Thanks so much uh, for listening to the Nisa Invest Tea Talk podcast. Uh, I'm Fahan. I will see you next Juma. Bye for now. Thank you.